This is an AMI podcast. Hi, I'm Fern Nullum, and welcome to Into You, the podcast where we put love under the microscope, shedding light on the do's, don'ts, and nightmare scenarios we find ourselves in while flirting with romance. Talk about the issue, bring it forward, share your feelings and needs. It's so important. We all come at dating from a slightly different angle, but we are often faced with very similar situations to shape up to. Practice stepping out of what is right or wrong and into listening to what it is that you need. I need to write that down and put it by my bed so that I can read it every morning. (laughs) Dating can uncover things about ourselves we never knew before. So without further ado, let's get into you. This is definitely one that I think I'm going to learn a lot from. So if you are ready, are you ready to go? I am. Great. Hello, hello, and welcome to the podcast that plays detective with our deepest dating desires and rifles through the reasoning behind our rawest relationship choices. A proper treat, a dream come true, it's gotta be into you. And you join me for part two of our behind-the-scenes look at boundaries with relationship expert and author Dr. Tracy Dalgleish. Last time, Tracy let us in on the cost of not having boundaries in romantic relationships. If you're not uncomfortable, if you're not being vulnerable, then somebody is giving up parts of themselves. And I found out what might happen if you fail to text her back in a timely manner. Fern, you didn't text me back. Oh, I am so mad. I'm going to send you a text and say... I really need you to text me back. If you haven't yet listened to part one of our conversation, I highly recommend going back and checking it out first. But today we delve into some of the key questions to ask yourself when it comes to other people's boundaries. Is this workable for where you want to go in your relationship? Does this align with your values? And look at the lessons that can lead us to become more confident about putting our own boundaries in place. I can't keep looking externally for everybody to tell me I'm good enough. That has to come from within. But first, I've been thinking about the kinds of things you have to say to be able to set a boundary in the first place. In my head and in hindsight, they always sounded so simple, but managing to actually get them to come out of my mouth in the moment had still proven quite the challenge. Although I did have a sneaky suspicion about what might lie at the centre of this one. Yes, my old friend, people-pleasing. I just wonder, I'm guessing the answer is because we just want everyone to like us. But why is that so hard to do? Why can't we say those things to people? Yeah, we want to be liked. We want to please others. We want to be viewed as good. I think this comes back to our core basic needs is that our need to be connected to others. And that's a survival strategy. But also we need to know that we matter to people, that we are enough and that we are worthy These are our core attachment longings that we need in our relationships. So for those who are struggling with your boundaries, it makes sense that you struggle with them because adaptively we want to be close to others. Yet we want to be close to others, like we were saying before, at the expense of ourselves. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, which is yeah, strange, isn't it? Very weird thing. And, And let's add in here too that boundaries 
are about being loving and kind. They're about understanding. They're about compassion. So the way you would speak to a friend should be the same way you would speak to your lover, should be the same way you would speak to an employer, which is coming from that place of, I'm going to consider how you would feel receiving this information. I'm going to express empathy, which we need in our relationships. I can even validate that it's hard for you, that I'm not available on Friday night to see you. Of course, that's hard. I totally get that. And at the same time, let's find another night to get together, right? I'm still holding my boundary when I do that. Yes, I love that because I think so often it's easy to synonymize boundaries with anger and, you know, kind of being a bit mean and coming from a place of superiority, that kind of thing. Yes, boundaries are mean, right? Mm. And I think that this is the messaging that we are trying to unlearn and instead tap into the space of boundaries are about loving kindness. I need to write that down and put it by my bed so that I can read it every morning. (laughs) So are there certain personality types, not thinking of anyone in particular at all when I say this, Tracy, who struggle more with setting boundaries than other people do? It depends. I mean, I think it's... I don't know the research on this specifically in terms of the clinical research. I can I can kind of go into my clinical training and think of the big five personality factors and like agreeableness. If you're high on agreeableness and you're high on conscientiousness, then you might be somebody who struggles to set boundaries. Mm-hmm. And then I also think of someone who leans more towards the anxious personality. The anxious personality is someone who thrives on perfectionism, needing external validation and approval, who holds themselves and maybe others to high expectations. That is someone who might also struggle to set boundaries. But really, I think the response is that it depends. It depends on the context. It depends on where people are in their life stage. Are they more porous? Are they more rigid? What are the things that are happening? Thank you for putting your scientific coat on specifically just for that question. <laughs> that, was, that was great. I enjoyed that. And I think I probably do fall into several of those categories that you just mentioned. And so we spoke a little bit earlier about what boundaries are okay and, and how can we feel that our boundaries are reasonable, as it were. And this is something that I definitely have thought about in the past. Like, if I say that to them, like, is that a reasonable thing to ask them? Because mm. our boundaries could be anything, right? We could be saying something that, you know, if I said to my partner, for example, you can never talk to another female ever again, maybe that's not really a reasonable boundary? Or is it just literally, it's up to the person to decide? Oh, that is such a good question. (laughs) I've left you speechless. (laughs) My clinical hat, I go to sitting in front of someone and I think you have this boundary for a reason. There's a reason why you have this. And that reason is really valid. So for whatever the experience is, you know, and I think I want to put that in context, right? So sometimes people have sexual boundaries and while another partner might be okay with something you might not be, and that's okay. So to never compromise ourselves sexually or physically, to never put ourselves in uncomfortable positions like that, that is so important, right? It's the trusting of ourselves. And then again, kind of that depends piece. So when I'm sitting in front of a client, I'm going to say your boundary absolutely makes sense given the context that you grew up in, given the experiences that you have had, right? And then I think the other piece to layer on is that is now let's look at this context right now. Is this workable for where you want to go in your relationship? Does this align with your values? And so in some ways, I think what you're asking, Fern, is, is this boundary right or wrong? And I always like to encourage people to step out of looking at right or wrong and instead asking themselves, 
What is it that I need in this moment? And you might also then throw in the other piece, which is how would I feel if that boundary was given to me and given the context of this relationship, right? So are we trying to be close? Are, have there been a lot of wounds? Are there red flags with this person? Does this person perhaps lean towards maybe more narcissistic traits and I have to hold my boundaries? Then, you know, maybe those boundaries are reasonable. Mm. I suppose there's so many factors that go into, like you say, depending on the kind of relationship, the culture that you're in, you know, I, I can just imagine there must be yeah, absolutely. so many things. Therefore, of course, you can't have like a list of, you know, the 10 boundaries that everyone should ever keep to because it is going to be different for everyone. If you can walk away with one thing from today, it would be to practice stepping out of what is right or wrong Mm. and into listening to what it is that you need. And most times what we need is valid and reasonable. Oh, very good. Listen to what you need. Such a simple sentence, but that could change my whole life, I think, and a lot of listeners as well. So how can we become better then at sticking to our boundaries when somebody crosses that line and it's so easy to just go, oh, okay, instead of doing that, (laughs) instead of doing my usual thing, how can I get better at saying, you know, no, I'm going to stick to this this time? I think there's two pieces. So one is practice. It takes practice. Giving yourself permission to get it wrong. Do not beat yourself up when you say yes and you really should have said no. (laughs) That's okay. But being able to be self-reflective on that and saying, hmm, I did that. What was leading me to do that? And maybe you might decide to journal. You might decide to talk to a trusted other. And then also practice with people who are safe and who will hold space for your boundaries and who understand what you're working on and what you're doing. So I think that is so important. The other piece is, I mean, I might be biased because of my profession, but (laughs) go talk to someone who is objective, Mm -hmm. seek the support from a therapist who can help you explore this because it is not an easy thing to navigate. And if reaching therapy is not within means for you, there are so many great books. I'm going to mix up the title. It's not nice, something along the lines of that. It's a great book. It's one to allow you to look into your people-pleasing tendencies, (laughs) which those people tend to struggle with boundaries. But there are so many accessible and great resources that you can look at to start practicing this. And it is about practice. We are always evolving. And I can speak for myself that despite being a therapist and helping my clients navigate their boundaries and their needs, that I too still bump up against some of those hard boundaries of setting them, holding them, maybe being a little too porous and saying yes, but I should say no. Surely it's, not, it's a, Tracy. It's an not ever-long journey. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, well, that's made me feel a lot better about myself. <laughs> I have to say, I feel there is very little more reassuring in life than hearing an expert say that even with all of their knowledge and wisdom, they still get stuck in the same old boundary bunkers at times. I get a really lovely sense from Tracy that struggling to speak up for yourself is so far from ridiculous and can in fact be completely human. I started to wonder how people could have used better boundaries to salvage a disastrous date. So, as is the protocol of most scientific studies, in 2022, I put out a post on social media, and here are a selection of my favourite answers. The sentence reads, One boundary which could have made my bad date better is... Finish the sentence. Rosie, not sticking around so long when it was obvious that neither of us was interested. Oh, 
Rosie. Time never goes so slowly as that, does it? Harrison putting a height limit on their heels so they weren't always towering over me. Ah, I bet you were a bit short with them after that, weren't you, Harrison? Louise, if you're more than 15 minutes late, I'm leaving. Louise says, I once waited for someone for three quarters of an hour, and when he finally showed up, he said he only had 10 minutes to see me and left. I'm guessing there was no second date there, Louise. Best to just leave things, huh? And Jacob, one boundary which could have made my bad date better is, if you're sick, stay at home. Yeah, I know what you mean, Jacob. Probably best to be in a relationship before you start sharing each other's germs, isn't it? I loved how Tracy had addressed the issue of what is reasonable when it comes to setting boundaries. I think for so many of us, perhaps our biggest obstacle in feeling able to speak out and draw a clear line in the sand when it comes to a particular issue in our love lives is that we simply don't trust ourselves enough. We agonise over whether what we want would be a valid thing to ask for. And so perhaps why we stay silent is less to do with not wanting to rock the boat at times as it is to not wanting to be seen as too needy, too much, irrational or unreasonable. After all, what if our boundaries change over time? What if in one scenario we feel strongly enough to be bold about a certain value or expectation and yet in another we seem to be a complete hypocrite wanting the exact opposite? Well, standing up to the silent shame of completely contradicting yourself, I asked Tracy what you should do if there ever came a time when you felt you needed to go back on one of your boundaries. If you set a boundary, are there any situations where perhaps you should go against your own boundaries. So I guess, again, this kind of plays into what you were saying about the rigid thinking. But I think I might have Mm -hmm. been in situations before where I have set a boundary with somebody. I've said, you know, I need you to do this. You know, this would be really helpful. And then I think, actually, on this occasion, maybe that's not so good. Or maybe I think, actually, maybe I just don't want to do that this time. Is there any situations where we should go against what we've already set out as our boundaries? Yeah. And again, I think that comes back to the, our boundaries and our needs are ever evolving. And so even in your relationship, let's say that your partner says, Paul, please don't touch my feet. Right. Like (laughs) I don't want you to touch my feet. Is this an always never kind of situation or is this something that's flexible and growing? And let's say you really like feet. So you might say to your partner, you know, I I would love to touch your feet today. Would today be a good one? Because I know you've said you don't want me to touch your feet. And then you can kind of think, "Hmm, don't my feet touch today? Yeah, actually, I would like a foot massage, right? So it's this concept of not being rigid in our relationships that we can always check in with each other. And again, here we are. So those two people, right? We're trying to co-create our worlds. And this is, Fern, this is what I'm talking about with all of my couples that I work with. It's the concept within my book coming out next year. It is our work to build interdependence, which is being two autonomous, self-differentiated people where I have my own thoughts, feelings, needs, opinions, wishes, and desires. And then we come together and create that world together, which does come with creating boundaries, communicating those, compromising, coming back together and saying, I love to massage feet. I know you've said it's not something you, I'm just wondering, could it be something that we could negotiate around today? Right? So it's kind of, I'm using feet as like a silly example, but it is that sense of coming back to it. Or the other thing that comes up to me here is values. If my boundary then 
doesn't connect or align with my value. And values can also be shifting and changing. So my value might be that I want to deepen a relationship. And so although I've said feet are a no-go for me in the past, perhaps maybe this time I could consider my feet being massaged. Sorry for all the feet feet people. (laughs) All the feet fans are just breathing a huge sigh of relief. Thank goodness there's still hope. (laughs) I love that. So you've just talked about there's more than one of us in this relationship. So once I finally decided, I mean, this is going to take some time for me for sure. Once I finally learned how to set my own boundaries, how can I then help and encourage my partner or even a date quite early on? How can I encourage others to open up about their boundaries? Because how do I find out what those are until it's too late? Yes, of course. Asking questions. That is, you know, being curious, being open, understanding and approaching them in that way. And I often say this to the single clients I work with who are dating, set the stage early on in the relationship. If you want to have an open and connected relationship, ask questions. Don't put things off the table. We don't need to dance around topics, right? So if you want to have children, put that out there. I'd like to have children. Where do you stand with that? I think the piece here though is making space for the other person to step into that with you. So if you spend the whole time talking about what you need and what you want and how you want things to go, that's not developing a relationship. Mm -hmm. That is pontification. That is (laughs) blogging, right? But in a relationship, it is about the ebb and flow. So again, we'll go back to kind of the feet example. If you say, you know, feet are not my thing. I don't really like that. Well, what do you think? How do you feel about this certain body part? Or, you know, I really enjoy going to the ballets and what, what's that for you? And your partner then has the opportunity to go inwards and say, "Mm, ballet, do I like going to watch ballets? Actually, no, I don't. And that's not something I'd want to do with you, but I do love this. Is that something we could do together. So talk about the ballet rather than dancing around the issue. Talk about the issue, bring it forward, share your feelings and needs. It's so important. It's the foundation of a healthy relationship to move forward. So what can our boundaries teach us or reveal about us as people? Mm. How willing you are to be uncomfortable in life is Mm. one thing. And how you decide to prioritize yourself and other people. I think boundaries can reveal a lot about us in the sense of what's my attachment style? How do I feel close to you? What are some of the things that I struggle with that maybe I am working on, right? So if I am someone that struggles with the poorest boundaries and I say, yes, oh, interesting, why do I say yes? Oh, because I can, I can be that people pleaser. Why am I a people pleaser? What am I looking for? Ooh, I'm looking to feel good enough. Whoa. Okay. So then I need to do some work on that because I can't keep looking externally for everybody to tell me I'm good enough. That has to come from within. Mm, lovely. And I, I really like that we're hammering home that message. Boundaries are not about being angry or being mean. It's actually a helpful thing and a loving thing to do in a relationship. Yes. I'm sure there are lots of misconceptions around boundaries. Do you see any common ones? Oh, so many common ones. So let's think. Um, Boundaries are mean. Boundaries exclude other people. Boundaries 
make me a bad person. Mm -hmm. Those are definitely the common ones that show up. And they're really rooted in that sense of shame, right? That there is something fundamentally flawed at me for having this need and wish. And there's actually nothing flawed or wrong with you for having a need or a wish. It makes you human. Mm, Yes. And of course, if I express a need or wish, somebody won't like me. Oh, and then what? (laughs) Yes, right? It's the I'm bad. I'm not likable. It will create distance when ultimately we want to be close to others. But if we are not sharing our boundaries, then we are fusing ourselves to somebody else. We are not being a separate identity. We're not creating that we part in our relationship. And the biggest threat in the book is someone not liking you. I mean, it's just so scary. Of course. Yes. Of course. Okay, Tracy, I'm going to ask you my million dollar question now, which I ask in all the different subjects. And it always gives a really interesting and juicy answer usually. So what can boundaries teach us about love or about relationships in general? What can we learn from the topic of boundaries to take into our love? lives? I think it can teach us who we are. It can help us find our own spots that we need to heal, that we struggle with. And it can teach us about learning to co-create our worlds with someone and the sense of creating flexibility, which is what we need in life. We need flexibility, especially Mm -hmm. those who really thrive on control. That's me (laughs) or having high expectations and planning how things go. Um, And it really teaches us how to have authentic and vulnerable relationships. And I think that's what we're really here to do is to connect with others and to connect with ourselves. Beautifully, beautifully said. I love that. We've covered so much ground, Tracy. I really appreciate it. Was there anything else that you wanted to say on this topic that we haven't covered at all? Let's just add one piece into that because it's the adding empathy with boundaries that when you express things to other people, practice seeing it from the other side, which can sound like, I know that feels hard for you. I know this isn't what you expected. Or you, you love to show up in this way and that doesn't feel good for me, right? That empathy piece is always an inviting moment for the other person to see that you understand them and that you hold them in your mind as well when you're setting those boundaries. Love that. And also, I guess that makes it easier to do it if you're worried about coming across as sounding mean, because then you, of course. you sound nicer. Yes, of course. love it. <laughs> Killing two birds with one stone. We love it. Boundaries. Great. That was incredible. And I'm sure definitely myself, but everyone else as well has got so much from that and would love to find out more. So if we want to find out more about your work, Tracy, where can we go to find you? Come say hello. I'm mostly on Instagram being social there. Send me a DM. Say hello. Let me know you listen to the episode. Um, and that's Dr. Tracy D. So that's my handle. My handle on all social platforms are Dr. Tracy D. Or you can head to my website, drtracyd.com to find some more resources there. I have a quiz around exploring your relationship cycle if you're curious to learn more about that. Amazing. And what is your book that's coming out soon? Oh, yes. It's coming out next year. And the title is I Didn't Sign Up for This. Nice. How many relationships do I hear from people where they say, this isn't what I signed up for. <laughs> this isn't the relationship I thought I was getting into. And so I'm going to take the reader through several case studies to explore how they can build healthy interdependence and build connected and happy relationships. 
I don't know what you're talking about, Tracy. I've never experienced that feeling <laughs> ever. I'm uh, very, very happy in all of my relationships. That's amazing. Thank you so much, Tracy. Thank you for being on the episode. And I'm sure that everyone has learned so much and can now go forth and create healthy boundaries in their loving relationships. <laughs> Thank you so much, Fern. It's been such a pleasure to sit with you. I was so glad that Tracy had added the important issue of having empathy when it comes to boundaries on both sides, allowing yourself to fully acknowledge that this is a loving thing to do and something which should empower your relationship to thrive rather than to take the shine off of it, while at the same time appreciating that the other person will naturally have their own feelings about your boundaries and that rather than that fact making you shy away from setting any, instead being open to discussing it with love, compassion and understanding and coming to a compromise which works for both people. It sounds so simple when you put it like that, doesn't it? As always, I want to hear from you. What have you struggled with the most when it comes to setting boundaries? And have you found any strategies which make it easier for you to speak up for your needs? Leave me a comment and let me know. For now, though, you've been listening to Into You with me, Fern Lullum. Special thanks to my guest, Dr. Tracy Dalgleish, whose links will be in the show notes. Also to Joshua Holland for technical support and to the manager of AMI, Andy Frank. Leave me your feedback at feedback at ami.ca. And if you liked what you heard, make sure to search for Into You on your favourite or indeed any podcast distributing platform and subscribe for more episodes coming your way on the first Thursday of every month. And in the meantime, go forth and boost those boundaries. You've got this.